today, isn't it? Hey, um, hopefully this. How many people have been around the last couple of weeks? Pastor Sam's been talking about, I'm a big kid now. Everyone getting into the zone, you've got to look after your own pull-ups. You've got to deal with your own stuff. You've got to start adulting. No? Everyone still wants to stay in the... Um, oh, cool. I, all right. I pro probably don't need it, actually. Thanks, man. Sorry. Cool. Um, and um, what's funny about that? Um, and, and interesting, one of the things, kind of really radical things that Pastor Sam talked about was this passage in Matthew. That was awkward. Was in Matthew when he talks about, hey, one of the signs of not being an adult is kind of this uh, kind of deferring and looking at, and somehow that can feel like oh, I'm being spiritual because I'm so humble that I just defer to you. And Pastor Sam's like, no, like, come on, God calls us to step up and to relate as adults. We we respect the grace on people's life. We we honor the the weight that people carry. But come on, we're adults together. That's a pretty radical message, I reckon. That's awesome. And it's like, oh man, we're just called to go. Come on. There's this thing like this call, come on, it's time to grow up, it's time to step up, it's time to kind of be adults in this thing. And um, uh, it's interesting, a couple of weeks ago when uh, he first talked about this, during the following week, I just, I came across this book that this guy had written about the Apostle Paul and the passion in Paul's life to see people reach maturity. Wow. Um, and, uh, and it's like, and, and this guy, he'd actually written this PhD on it at Oxford University. So I thought, I could just, this guy spent three years of his life, I could steal that and just could pull out the good points and give it to you in 30 minutes of the sense like, this is actually a big deal in the Bible about it's time to adult, it's time to grow up, it's time to become mature. And, and, and the passion to see, uh, to see this happen, this guy said this, Paul understood his apostolic commission as entailing delivering mature believers on the day of Christ. He's like, I have this responsibility, not just to gather a crowd, but I have a responsibility to stand before Jesus one day and present mature people, adult people, a community of adults, not infants. And, and that was part of the grace on his life, the anointing, the responsibility he felt. He put it a bit more, a few more words like this. Paul worked diligently to begin and maintain churches. Why? Because he felt he was responsible for delivering mature believers on the day of Christ. And the church was the place where and the means through which believers would come to maturity. Paul was in the business not just of gathering a crowd, not just of getting people started. But he was like, come on, I, I need to present you to Jesus fully adult, fully mature, growing up, and just, and carrying something in God, and like, that was part of what kind of motivated him. We know, you know, Paul, he had this passion, it's always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, he's like, he just had this passion, we've got to keep going, we've got to go all around Europe, we've got to plant churches. He had this passion for the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's a powerful salvation. He had a passion to see people one to Jesus. But more than that, or as well as that, my little children for whom I labor and birth again until Christ is formed in you. You get it? Yeah, I want to see the church planted all around the world. I want to see people one to faith. But more than that, I want to see Christ formed in you. I, I just want to see immature baby people. I want to see churches where people start to look like Jesus. And it's like, I, he carried that responsibility, he carried that grace, he carried that anointing. Like, I want to see people formed to be like Jesus. 
Um, and and he, he recognized and he honored people who carried a similar passion. He says, this guy Epaphras, one of your servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. Says, He's always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature. He's like, he's a good guy. Why? Because his passion is that people be mature. He wants to help people grow up. He wants to help people mature. He wants to see, he has a passion to see people become all that they were called to be. He's not satisfied with just getting people started. He wants to see them grow. And it's like, yeah, there's a passion to go wide, but there's a passion to go deep and go high. It's come, come on, the church could be greater. Come on, you could be greater. Come on, there's more for your life yet. And, God, and God's looking for some people who go, my passion is to see people grow up in faith. Become strong in faith. Become mature in faith. We keep going wide, but we yearn for something stronger, more solid, more firm, and more mature. You know, and, and the interesting thing, he, he looked at his own life the same way. I mean, he's this incredible guy. Church planting all around Europe. Wrote it like a third of the New Testament. And then as an old man in his 60s, this is what he says. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, this, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing what I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead. This, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He's like, there's more for me yet. I'm not going to camp here. I'm not satisfied. I know that there's more and I'm determined to adult up some more yet. I haven't yet become all that Christ took hold of me to be. And so he brings this passion into his own life and his ministry and his church. He just says, come on, there's more. Come on, there's more yet. Um, this word, the, it's a Greek word, teleos, that means, it has, it's translated by a whole lot of words that has a range of meaning. So it means to be perfect. That sounds like the bars are high, eh? Without defect, complete, fully developed, mature, and adult. And you go, how does something span, what does that mean? And I love this guy had this thought. See, perfect is the things related to the kingdom of God, and mature is those believers who, to some extent, are realizing this destiny. It's like, yeah, God's got this perfect plan, but i got to grow up to take hold of that. i got to mature up if I'm going to take hold of it. How many people know you could have the best early childhood center in the world, but if you've got the preschoolers running it, it's going to be chaos. You know, we're so, oh, God's got this promise, oh, there's this prophecy. No, no, i got to grow up to be the kind of person that could take hold of everything that God's got for me. And the Apostle Paul at 60 plus years old says, there's still more that I could take hold of. If I grew up, if I matured more, if I developed more, I could see more happen yet. And it's like, oh, man, there's just this anointing that says, Come on, i got to grow into something more. So many of us are like, we just want to see something fall from heaven. But it's like, no, no, i got to grow up to be able to take hold of it and live in it and develop it. And so there's this kind of thing, come on, it's time to be big kids now. And I don't care how old you are, you can grow up a bit more in God because then you can take hold of something more in God. You know, this is a passage that's, uh, had been really foundational in our movement of churches. We offer verse 11, God, Christ gave himself 
apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It's like, oh, yeah, God raised up these people. But then the next verse tells you why. Yeah, to equip his people for works of service. Oh, yeah, that's all about equipping. That's why we're called equippers, because churches exist to equip people. Ministry gifts out for themselves. They're to equip you. They're to equip all of us to be the people we're meant to be. But then we even often stop there, verse, so that the body of Christ may be built up, verse 13, this, until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. One job, equippers. <laughs> Equip people to become mature. Because then they can take hold of what God's got for them. And he's attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You know, it goes on. This, this, I want to show you, this is how Paul thinks about life. It's how he thinks about people. Goes, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the ways, but going on instead speaking the truth in love will grow to become in every respect mature. Paul looks at people's lives. He looks at churches and he doesn't see so often so much being um, lazy or committed, being uh, naughty or good. He just sees immature versus mature. And he wants to inject this ministry that says, my ministry is to help them grow up to maturity. Um, you know, so that's what we say. We're equipping people for life through faith in Jesus Christ. Equipping people means helping them adult up. Helping them become what God's called them to be. And I love this, you know, a whole lot of friends. Yeah, that's a relationship. But championing one another to go higher in God. It's like, come on, there's more for your life yet. Come on, there's something greater that you could be in God. Come on, there's a greater destiny. There's a greater inheritance. But it's not so much waiting for it to fall from heaven. It's waiting for you to rise up and become the kind of person that could steward that for God. Come on, it's time to adult up. Some of you may have seen this before. Here's an example of how Paul looked at these. So Corinth is a church that Paul planted. And it's a flipping mess. It's a, like the, he writes this letter dealing with issues. And like the, this is the first four chapters, there's divisions and factions in the church. Chapter five, there's a case of incest. Oh, by the way, it's chapter six is lawsuits. Chapter six, also some people are going to prostitutes. On the other side, there's a group that have kind of gone anti-sex in marriage. Eight to 10, there's groups attending pagan, idolatrous, occultic, debaucherous festivals. Chapter 11, there's some immodest displays in church. Chapter 11, there's people getting drunk at communion. Chapter 12 to 14, there's super spiritual do people dominating the services, speaking in tongues. Chapter 15, there's a group denying a basic doctrine of the resurrection and overall they're rebelling against Paul's leadership. Some of you are like, well, my group's not so bad after all. <laughs> Or maybe that's, that's, just, that's just like my email report to Johnny on Monday. <laughs> no, hopefully not. But it's like, that, that's a mess. And he planted this thing. Like, how, how does he make sense of that? Well, in chapter 3, this is what he, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. You're mere infants. It's like, this is like the toddlers have taken over the preschool church. And my answer is to... I've got to help you grow up because this is not what adults do in faith. Um, you know, and, and this whole mindset, he picks it up in chapter 13. You know, this whole thing. We know in part, we prophesy in part, but when completeness, perfection, maturity comes, what's in part disappears. It's like, my current reality is I, I get things partially, but one day I'll get them in completeness. 
You know, secondly, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the ways of child, I put the ways of childhood behind me. On the other hand, I've been acting like a child, but I'm growing, and one day I'm going to start acting like an adult in these things. And then finally, now we see only reflection as in a mirror, then we'll see face to face. Paul is like, everyone is on this journey, from the partial, from the infantile, from the, from the getting a glimpse, to getting the whole of it, getting the adult, getting the reality of it. And Paul is like, my passion, my call is to, my frustration, my, my everything in me is like, I want to help people move from here to here. And it's like, this is what the church does. This is what we're about. We're not just here to slap each other on the back and have a good time. We're here to go, come on, there's more for your life. Come on, it's time to adult up. Come on, it's time to move because you're going to be happier. You're going to be more fulfilled. You're going to be more successful. You're going to make a greater difference. This thing is going to work. The thing that's undermining your life is parts where you're stuck back acting in childish ways. You know, so he'll go, brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children in regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, come on, be adults. The problem is we think like kids in areas of our lives. Some areas of our lives we mature, we act well and we see the fruit, but other areas we're stuck acting like children. And Paul's like, come on, change your thinking. Think like an adult about these things. I'm, Pastor Sam unpacked all that in incredible, funny, creative ways. I, I'm just, I'm just dropped the Bible part behind all that, but he's unpacked the, he's unpacked the, you can think about all that, okay? I'm not going to go there. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. He's writing to, come on, church, get mature in your thinking. This is dumb. This is immature thinking. The guy who wrote this book, he, he, he identified six marks where he studied every passage where Paul talked about this, and he reckoned he identified six marks of what maturity looks like. So I'm just going to skim through these. Don't, don't try and take them all in. Just get the sense of kind of what it feels like. So he reckons... This is what a mature person, there's something about being spiritual, about being holy, about being free, free, about being wise, about being strong, and putting it all together, about something about being Christ-like. See, one of the actual paradoxes in 1 Corinthians is, part of the problem with immaturity is you even have the wrong idea of what maturity looks like. You even have the wrong idea of what spiritual looks like. So his first thing, spiritual. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as spiritual. Oh, I will, oh maturity. What is being spiritual? Oh, spiritual means I'm always kind of having visions of heaven and talking about what God said to me. And, and he's like, no, no, no. Look at this. You, you're still, you're not spiritual. Why? Because there's jealousy and quarreling. You're acting like, for one says I follow Paul and another I follow Apollos. Are you not mere human beings? He's like, no, no. Spiritual is not, it's a mature person goes, that's a spiritual person. Because they're not petty, they're not divisive, they, they build community, they're for people. Part of maturity is actually the ability to recognize what's truly spiritual. And for Paul, being spiritual has, a, has an ethical background. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore that person gently. See, unspiritual people will either write people off, judge them, slam them, or go, oh, it wasn't really that bad. No, a spiritual person was, goes, man, um, I want you're broken, but I want to see you restored. 
Like, that's a spiritual person. And it's not really that surprising when you think about Paul's theology of the fruit of the Spirit. What is a spiritual person? A person of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's, what a, that's one mark of what a mature Christian looks like. That's, that's what a spiritual person is like. I love, you know, there's a saying by a Jewish scholar, uh, says this, when I was young, I used to admire intelligent people. As I grow older, I admire kind people. That's a mature perspective. Who's spiritual? Not people who claim all this knowledge. Have all, no, people who are kind. That's spiritual. Be kind. Not only uh, spiritual, but also holy, this guy says. That might feel a bit wild, but let me explain it. To the church of God and Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be his holy people. So oh, I don't know what I'm called to. I don't know what I need to discover my call. I can tell you, you're called to be holy. You're on a journey. Because parts of our life that uh, holy just means whole and committed and, and become all that God wants you to be. And it's like, man, those parts of my life, they just hold me back. They pull me back. They break down. They cause carnage. I want to become the person God's called me to be. I want to have wholeness in my relationships. I want to have wholeness in my thinking. My, that's, that's the, I'm on that journey. A, a, a spiritually mature person has dealt with some stuff in their life. They've addressed some issues. They've faced some stuff because they're like, I'm on a journey. I want to be whole. Because the things where I'm not whole, they, they hold me back from taking hold of God's purpose. And Paul's like, I want to grow in that some more. Not only, if that sounds a bit, oh, that's a bit heavy. What the Spiritual, holy, but free. A spiritually mature person is free. Paul says this, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. He didn't set you free for something. He set you free because freedom is an end in itself because he wants adult people who live in freedom. Uh, and, and you, my brothers and sisters, are called to be free. You're called to be holy. You're called to be spiritual. You're called to be free. We're all on a journey. When we're, uh, Pastor Sam talked about this. Well, you can be a, when you're a child, you're effectively still a slave. You can be a slave to sin, but you can also be a slave to rules and regulations. An adult is free from both. Just to live out of principles and out of living out of, I know what God wants. I know what's best for me. I'm free to do what will help me grow. And so, oh, that's a spiritually mature person. They're free. Free from the bondage of sin, but also free from the narrow confines of religiosity. They're just free. And part of it, you need to learn to almost sniff it, smell it. Freedom. Because there's all kinds of people, who religious spirit, that will try and put stuff on. Oh, I'm spiritual, and they'll dump stuff on you. And you need to learn to recognize that's not spiritual. That's not holy, and above all, it's not free. And so it's not a sign of maturity. You know, not only spiritual, holy, and free, but wise. You know, Paul says this, we do, however, speak of wisdom among the mature. When you've been through some stuff, you start to learn... Uh, when we're at our e-group on Tuesday night, the guys were saying, talking about just getting older and work, that less kind of abrasive intention, probably saying, as you get older, probably you're not so blunt, shoot from the hip, you're just a bit wiser in how to do things. And Paul's like, yeah, that's a sign of maturity. You get a bit of wisdom. Hey, handle it like this. Hey, I think there's a better way to do that. 
Maybe there's a gentler way rather than, you know, toddlers, it's all on. I want the toy, it's mine, it's mine. Fight, fight, Adults is hopefully negotiate things in a bit of wisdom. Like, oh, I want to be wiser. I'm sick of blowing stuff up around me, causing carnage. I just want to get a bit wiser because then I can take hold of what God's got for me. How do I handle this conflict? How do I navigate this thing? How do I get through to the other side? It's like, this is maturity. I just pray God's kind of stirring this yearning in you like, I want to go, I want to move. I want to become a bit more like that. Uh, But not only spiritual, holy, free, and wise, but strong. There's something about maturity that has a strength to it. And and he gives this example, Paul does, from um, talking about Abraham. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. And it's like there's something about maturity that has developed strength. And where does strength come from? This is what this guy says quote from this book, I suggest Paul uses strong to describe believers who do not easily stumble and able to withstand challenges to their faith. It's related to enduring suffering. See, some of you have been through some stuff, and what you think discredits you actually gives you the credentials to speak into people's lives. Hey, it didn't all fall over. Yeah, I went through this hard time in our marriage. Yeah, I, I went through this struggle in my faith, but, but I just kept going. Just relax a bit. You know, I asked Christine if I could share this. So we've got three kids. By number three, she realized that she'd had postnatal depression with all of them. But that wasn't a flash 10 years. But now when I talk to someone and go, oh, I'm struggling, I go, you should come and talk to my wife. Because she's been through that stuff. And then out the other side, she set up this pilot unit with Plunkett dealing with postnatal depression. It's like, there's something about just, you've just been through some stuff. And you're still standing. And that's a sign of maturity. You know, it's not that flash to think about it. But Paul has this whole theme about endurance. We remember, for a God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, your endurance. If you start looking through the eyes of wanting maturity, you start to look for people who endure and have developed strength through endurance. And you go, they're not just a flash in the pan. It's not just a nice idea. They actually will endure. And some of you need to know that some of the stuff you've been gone gone through, you thought it was all the devil. Yeah, God, God allowed it to develop a capacity of strength and endurance. You know, Paul, this is his comment. The Corinthians are like, oh, we love these super apostles that come in and they got all the jet planes and they got all the money and they got all this and that and that. And that. Paul's like, no, no, that's so immature thinking. Here's the credentials for someone. As a servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way in great endurance. Again, just like you have to be mature to recognize who's truly spiritual, you have to, re- you have to, be, you have to be mature to recognize that person is worth listening to because I've seen them persist through incredible struggles and they never gave up and they dug deep and they found a way through it. They've got something worth listening to. Come on, we need to value endurance. We need to value that. He picks up, we have glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character. Come on, the suffering's not good, but the strength that's developed just through pushing is what shapes character. 
And it's like, oh, people who are mature recognize that person has had something formed in them. I'm going to value that person. I'm going to listen to that person because they can teach me something. Ultimately, the character for Paul is they've actually become Christ-like. You know, he says in 1 Corinthians, who's known the mind of the Lord so as instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. When you're a child, you think in kind of immature ways. You think different values. But when you're mature, you start to think like Jesus thinks about issues. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I think like Jesus. I want to see people restored who are broken. I want to be kind to people. I want to wisely help people navigate through to success. He, um, and, and the reason is this, but though this is his theology. Those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Paul is like, I'm not just in the business of planting churches. I'm not just in the business of getting people saved. Because I know that every person sitting here, God predestined that one day they would look like Jesus. And my job is to labor with everything I've got in my being to see that formed in their lives. You are predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. So there's more. So there's more. You know, this whole, this Ephesians, sorry, I'm giving you masses of Bible stuff, but anyway, you'll survive. Uh, this passage down the end, until we reach it, become mature. And then he gives the standard, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's a clumsy kind of verse in Greek. It, and he just kind of says, the full measure of the full stature of all that. It's like the mature Jesus, the bar that he got to, that's the bar. You think about Jesus, his intimacy with God, uh, his, his supernatural working, his countercultural values, his care for people, his love for the Lord. That, until we're like that, we've still got some more work to do. Paul, I've still got to do some ministry in this church because until Auckland can look at equippers and go, that's what Jesus looks like, we've got some work to do. I've got some work to do till I am part of that answer. You know, I, I love Paul, his whole wrestling. He's like, I want to know Jesus. I want to know him. But it's not knowing about, it's an experiential knowledge. And here, how does experiential knowledge happen? Through two things. Know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Oh, and so somehow attaining. It's like, I want to know Jesus. I've got to be willing to walk into some hard stuff and see what God's calling me to die to. And in the midst of that, I've got to learn how to discover his resurrection power. And as I do that, I start changing and I start becoming a bit more like Jesus. Come on, we want God to wash away our problems. He's saying, come on, in there, what do you got to die to? And what do you got to discover of resurrection power in the midst of it? And if you'll do those two things, you'll become a little bit more like Jesus. Come on, God wants to form you to be like Jesus. The characteristics are all related in the Bible. If you're strong, then you're free. If you're spiritual, then you're holy. If you're holy, then you're wise. If you're all of those, you become Christ-like. As I, as I do it, this is what God's taking you towards. All of this stuff. Spiritual, holy, free, wise, strong. How many people want to be a bit more like that? How many people leading e-groups like, I want that for my e-group. I want that for my hub. Here's your commission. Your commission is to wrestle till that happens more. We're here to see people formed. I realize I've dumped a whole lot of stuff, so I'm not going to 
do a whole other section. This is like chapter five of his PhD, but we'll just... He's a, okay, if that's the goal, how do you get there? He just says these five things. You identify with Christ. I choose at every point to identify... That's what baptism is. I choose to die with Jesus in this and step into resurrection life. I, in every, I keep... What do I need to die to here? Where do I need to discover your resurrection power? Where do I need to die? Where do I need to find new life? Where do I need to die? Where I keep working that process every day in my life. And as I do, I have to endure suffering. How many people know it's not nice dying to things? You know, I, I, I was thinking about this last night. Jesus wasn't executed by a firing squad. He hung on a cross. It took hours to die. It might sound a bit macabre or something, but God does this in our life to form maturity. He lets you go through stuff. And in the midst of that, the third one, you begin experiencing the presence of Christ. You find him in the midst of those things. And you find his peace and you find a revelation of him. And, and, and then you start receiving and living out wisdom. Like, I, I learned how to handle this thing. I learned not to react. I learned to do that. I learned some stuff in that thing. And, and in the middle of it, how do you do that? One of the surprising things for Paul, he says, you, in, you imitate some godly examples. I'm going to skip over some stuff. Maybe I could get our, our new keyboardist up. Here's a surprise. Interesting, the last two messages, Pastor Sam has landed on a challenge for people that go, being adult is more than getting yourself organized, it's helping other people. And it's interesting, Paul lands at the same place with this confidence. For, if you know that you've done a journey, do you know what you can do? For people that are younger, you can just say, just imitate me. It's quite a strong theme. Even if you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you don't have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Being a father, being a mother is not having control. Being a father or a mother is saying, hey, let me show you how to do that. And, and just do it this way for now. And just do what I've done. And just do what I'm doing. You know, the thing, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. Just you have us as a model. How many people would feel comfortable using that kind of language? Just copy me. Hey, I can see you're really struggling. Hey, just copy me. Come to church with me. Come to e-group with me. I'll do a devotion. Just do what I, just copy me for a while. Because I know I've been through some stuff. I know I've won some, vic I know I've put some stuff. If you'll just copy me, I'm confident that you'll pick up some strength. You know, it's more. You've become imitators of us and of the Lord. I, therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Follow my example as I follow the example. You see, this is quite a big thing for Paul. He's like, I actually want to say to younger people, just follow me. And, and, and I can help you get established. Just, just imitate what I've done. You, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. Imitate what? Faith in the midst of suffering, endurance, self-sacrifice, seeking the good of others, freedom, the journey to knowing. Just imitate. I've found some stuff. Just imitate me and it'll, it'll get you started. I'm not, I'm not asking you to come under me and do all that stuff. I, I just, I think I could help you get started. Summing up. Maybe I can get all the musicians up. Brothers and sisters. 
I could not address you as spiritual, but as people who are still worldly, more infant, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you're not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. It's like, Paul would be like, God, I have such a heart for the church to grow up. I have such a heart because there's more. Because there's more. But I, I'm going to have to help you grow up to take hold of the more. Because currently, the little tantrums, the little spin-outs, the little messes, they're, they're gonna they're, you're going to destroy the good thing God wants to do. And, and you're going to be frustrated. And it's like, man, sometimes I get a glimpse, like Paul, I know, him, but sometimes I get a glimpse, I live in that zone for a day and I feel like I'm on top of the world, but then I spin out again and Paul's like, yeah, come on, we need to move from part to it's complete. We need to move from childhood to adulthood. We need to move from when you're just getting a glimpse of something to actually you're living in it. And he's like, I, I could help you. We could help each other do that. We could, we could help each other do this. I mean, that's what church could be. It could be a group of friends championing each other to go higher in Christ. I think we've heard that somewhere before. You know, and, and for Paul, it, it's not about other people. It's for himself. He's like, I put my hand up. Number one, I got to grow more. I got to move more. I got to move on. Because I'm putting a ceiling on my, this current ceiling on your life is not caused by the devil. You don't have to try and persuade God to do something. The current ceiling on my life is the areas of my life where I'm stuck in immaturity. And I've got to find a way through those to step into something. You know, because the goal of all of that ministry, we have apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, is why? That the body of Christ would attain to the whole measure of the fullness of... Come on, Auckland needs an equipper's church that's growing stronger wiser, more spiritual, more free, more holy. That's become a little bit more like Jesus. Can I invite you to stand? And, and this verse above all, I think you hear the passion of Paul. I want to know Jesus. Come on, there's more. I'm not there yet. And I embrace the fact to know him. I've got I've to walk through some hard stuff. And I've got to discover his resurrection power in that. But that's the passion of my life. And, and, and as a, in a minute, that's the call of my life to help other people walk through that process. You know, the thing that I, I was thinking about this just before the start of the service, and, you know, sometimes God anoints different people who are going through certain things, and you go, that message is for them. The thing I love about this is this message is for everyone, including me. And there's an anointing on everyone here, including me, to stir up something that goes, there's more. There's more. I can see it out there, but things just get in the, and there's more. And I'm sick of the things that hold me back. I'm sick of the things that cause me to kind of self-destruct, to burn up the very things that I want to do. I'm, I, I, God, I want to be wiser. God, I want to be more free. God, I, I want to be more whole. God, I, I want to know the wise thing to do in there. God, I want to be more like you. So I just encourage you, now, however you engage with God, close your eyes, raise a hand or two, but there's an anointing on everyone in this building where the Spirit comes and He's drawing you towards more. He's awakening a hunger for more. He's saying, come on, it's time to adult up and then you need to catch a vision. You need to help other people adult up 
And you need to start saying, come on, just imitate me. Come on, I'm on a journey to, come on, let's sing the song, There Is More. And I want you to let God stir something up. maybe from the things that hold you, but freedom from just petty laws and stuff. Like, I just want to live in that place of freedom. Come on, let's, we're going to sing that again. I want you to, as you said, the more, it's about the place you could live in. And, and I just feel like God wants to capture your imagination. What would it mean to live free? What would it look like to live really free? Come on, let's sing that again. I want you to just let God spark your imagination. Come on, it's time.